welcome back to It Was Murder, the number one heart-to-heart podcast in the world. I'm your diehard romantic, Eric Blood. And I'm your devoted lover, Elenito. And I'm the satisfied virgin, Joe Garber. And tonight, we get to discuss Old Friends Never Die, <laughs> which is a weird misnomer. <laughs> we get to decipher. It's simply a, a lie. It is yeah. a lie. I feel it's betrayed. It's a straight up lie, just in real life. And spoiler alert, everybody, don't read the title of this if you haven't watched the movie yet. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm guessing you want to know what happened in this episode, so we're going to tell you episode in <laughs> 60 seconds, oh and definitely God. not less. Uh, <laughs> definitely not. In our Minute Max, starting with Ellen. Ooh, what an exciting opportunity for me. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I think you will excel. I am really going to do this. Okay. <laughs> Now? <laughs> Whenever Go. you're ready. You're... Great. I just have a couple things uh, to pick up around here, and I was going to put away some laundry, so okay. I'll be right back, you All guys. Right. Great. Okay. Old friends never die. Okay. So there is... Uh, a thing where it's like Jonathan running through sort of a most dangerous game scenario in a striped shirt. And then um, he gets, sh- he trips over a trip bar and he gets shot, question mark. But no, it's some other guy. We don't know who. And he peels his face off in like a Mission Impossible type thing. And then he's like, yeah, boss, it works. And then we're like, oh, shit, we're off to the races. The hearts are going to the island of this publisher named Alfred Rains because he wants to sign Jennifer Edwards to his impressive and astonishing roster of publishers or of, of authors. And he lives on a private island and the hearts get a costume for a costume party. I don't want to talk about that part because yuck. Whack, whack, whack. <laughs> so, um, so they get there and then all of the authors are people like Uncle Phil from uh, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Fred Ward and Vicki Lawrence and a guy who's differently abled. Oh no! Oh my god! And Mike Farrell's there and then like there's a bunch of confusing murder shit. Chess. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite of your nice, nice. The the ebb and flow of your excitement was so amazing. That was really good. Okay, so it's my turn. Lots of room. Lots of room. Lots uh, of room. You, there won't be any redundancies here. No, because I didn't talk about anything. <laughs> okay, there's so much. Let me see what I can do. Old friends never die. Um. Hyper-realistic fake mask of Jonathan that never comes back. That's super weird. Anyway, the hearts are going to a writer's thing in Ho- on Hawaii on a private island that's owned by a publisher uh, because that publisher wants to woo Jennifer to signing to his imprint. Uh, there are a bunch of weird writers there. A lot of them are creepy. Um, a lot of them are bigger <laughs> stars than they need to be for this, but I was so happy that they all were. Uh, anyway, Jennifer overhears someone talking about murdering a person, and she thinks uh, they're going to yeah. murder Jonathan. Then they go fishing, he gets food poisoning, and then the boat catches on, fly- on fire. Uh, then that person <laughs> that she thought was going to murder him turns out to be Jonathan's old friend, who, guess what? Dies. And oh, he wrote a book. He wrote a book that uh, uh, he writes mystery novels under an assumed name, but he also wrote an, the great American novel under his own name. And he gave it to Jonathan and it's dedicated to his old friends. And then Jonathan's being <laughs> most dangerous gamed, uh, but they, <laughs> they get him and then they send Max a video postcard. 
Nice. Ooh, nice. Wow. I skipped everything. <laughs> well, you would have to. You, okay. Old Joe, friends you, never die. You got to bring it home. No. Like you're the, you're the definitively anchor. no. I will not be doing anchor. that. I usually now I realize when I've said I don't understand what happened in an episode, I actually did fully understand that episode compared to this, <laughs> where I actually have no fucking idea what happened in this episode. I don't. I really don't know the plot. So I'll t- I can tell you some things that happened. And then we'll go from I, there. I mean, that's I what a Minimax is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. just tell you us, just um, described I mean, a Minimax. Don't look to me yeah. for examples. I just I can't didn't tell you anything that happened. I just but. really can't summarize a story that I just don't have any concept of. But it's we'll, okay because it's okay because we have we have one, the two minute. We have one Max. or more uh, others. One or more other minutes. What? Okay. How dare you? Oh wow. Okay. How dare you be so withholding? <laughs> Old friends. <laughs> Never die. Okay. They do, though. They do. The hearts go to Hawaii because Jennifer's in, uh, invited to a publisher's fair of people where they have a masquerade ball with a bunch of authors and a pool, and everybody's just like horsing around at this mansion. Uh, then Jonathan, somebody tries to murder murder somebody, and tries to murder Jonathan, but murders somebody who looks exactly like him at the party. And that's when Detective Semantics shows up and tells, oh, and uh, they do a who's on first oh, no. with this guy's name. It's, it's so lame. And then the hearts. <laughs> get poisoned again they go they get drugged and they fall asleep and they wake up and no one's at the mansion and they go to this little shack where there's a radio and they radio and they get a helicopter and the helicopter aims an uzi at them and says get out and then there's a megaphone in the jungle of a guy talking to them about the tests that jonathan put him through so he's going to put jonathan through some tests and they trick him with a tripwire they pretend like jennifer's got shot by the tripwire gun but she pulls the tripwire and she shoots this guy who i don't know who he is at uh, the end oh <laughs> this God. is so amazing i, I love I it it's even... like, it, it feels like we just described three <laughs> different movies yeah <laughs> it's kind of amazing well let's see okay now oh we get the God. now we get the genuine the <laughs> now listeners story. you'll know what happened because of the sister community playhouse Aww. The Sister Community Playhouse probably presents Old Friends Never Die. We quickly enter Joe's rear right corner as Jonathan is shot to death and, oops, fooled you. The arts have been invited <laughs> to the private island of a famous publisher who wishes to sign Jennifer up. Someone <laughs> is trying to buy a part industry stock. That is so season four. Or was it five? Sledgehammer su- starts <laughs> to suck up tidal wave and the hearts witness a cavalcade of NBC stars. If Jonathan and Jennifer were sitting any further apart, one of them would be in New Zealand. Jennifer overhears <laughs> a murder plot involving blowing up someone on a boat. Turns out the person she heard is an old college friend of Jonathan's. As the script would have it, the hearts end up on a fishing boat, but Jennifer saves the day. Jonathan's <laughs> pal Frank is a famous mystery writer who claims what Jennifer heard was just a random story idea. Jonathan and Jennifer attend a costume party as Laurel and Hardy. Is there anything worse than a heartworm? While Alfred Rains makes his pitch to Jennifer, the guy who pretended to be Jonathan is now really dead. Bonnie Bedelia's boss from Die Hard searches for answers. The police are calling it a suicide. But the hearts ain't falling for that, bitch. (laughs) Turns out the murder victim knew Frank. Or did he? Jonathan gets kidnapped and nearly drowned. He's saved by a good Samaritan. The hearts join forces with his old friend and... Chess metaphors ensue. (laughs) Jonathan ruined someone and the guy killed himself. Does this make a motive? Is anyone still awake? 
Jennifer discovers Frank dead in the kitchen. Thanks to Max's booking, we discover Alfred Reigns is the stepson of the guy Jonathan Ruitt. Hello, big villain. I got confrontation time involves a helicopter, which always ends well. Darcy chased and shot at through another Hollywood backlot. Jennifer plays dead and kills Alfred. You go, girl. We end with a home video sillier than this movie. Oh, please, Ellen, what are we doing next? The end. <laughs> Oh, cute! Thanks, guys. That Thanks, was Sisler. that was extremely yeah, that was, community playhouse. Extremely that informative. Was helpful. That was instructive. <laughs> yeah, but wait. Uh oh. Stop it! There's Stop more. it! Coming what? in at the, la- the very last minute, none other than our own convert. Oh, <gasps> Corey J. Brewer has <laughs> submitted a Minimax. Another oh Minimax. We, we've never gotten another Minimax before. I think we once, I think that, I want to say that Jackie or Fran submitted a Minimax. Oh. And also the Sisslers. But I might be wrong. I might be wrong on that. Oh, sorry for um, forgetting that if that did happen. Stop erasing <laughs> our been, Minimaxes. There's been over 100 Minimaxes. There so. have been. Uh, but let's see. How he does, because <laughs> we're judging, Corey. Yeah. It's Corey J. Brewer, your ambush convert. And here's my Minimax. Um, <laughs> Jonathan is running through the jungle and he's doing, he's being chased by a helicopter and it's sort of like Raiders of the Lost Ark. But it's not Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark. He just gets shot with a paintball, but then it's not Jonathan. A guy tears off a mask and it's somebody else pretending to be Jonathan. <laughs> it never comes back and there's no reason for it. So Joe is pissed and um (laughs) then they go to hawaii um the hearts go to hawaii because uh sledgehammer wants to put out uh jennifer hart's book and give her a book deal and um there are a bunch of other authors there joe is is there and he's a total fucking killjoy and he shames the hearts out of eating egg rolls so eric is pissed and then um uh bj honeycutt from mash is there and he's friends with jonathan and jennifer overhears him uh saying that he's going to kill somebody and it sounds like it's going to be jonathan and then freeway does the copper tone ad while um max is trying to figure out who's trying to buy up all the stocks from heart industries um jonathan and jennifer are in character as laurel and hardy Jonathan is fucking terrible at it. I fucking hate it. It makes me fucking furious. <laughs> and it's definitely waka waka waka. So Ellen is also pissed. Um, Mr. Takagi from uh, Die Hard is the detective yes! who's trying to solve a crime of a guy who gets murdered at the um, party where they're dressed up like Laurel and Hardy. And um, he hates the past tense. He won't, he, he's constantly yeah. correcting people about it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of his, he's detective who, and there's a lot of like who jokes. And those are all really, really bad, except for the time that he points at his forehead and, or his temple and says, who knows? <laughs> and that's a fucking great catchphrase. I'd watch that's that awesome. TV show. Um, uh, they have to investigate the suicide of a guy named Rupert Holmes, which is the Pina Koala guy. Um, but, yeah. the, you know, the hearts ain't getting yeah. caught in the rain for that bitch. Um, <laughs> Paul, Wim, Paul Williams oh gives Freeway God. a hot dog. Um, the helicopter pilot has a Mac 10. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's it. Um, you know, the end. <laughs> Corey, Corey. Okay, that thank was you. amazing. I thank you for understanding that I hate things. Um, me too. I have to, I'll just say it because it's it's eating me up inside that yes, Paul Williams and Rupert Holmes. Every does do you guys know why that's amazing that they would have Rupert Holmes be the name of the suicide stepfather of the villain? No, no. Oh, it's because Rupert Holmes and Paul Williams wrote a song together. 
Like they are, they were uh, musical colleagues. They probably oh, still uh, are. What uh, the fuck? Uh, <laughs> yeah, they wrote a song called "Everything," and the most well-known performer, I think, is Barbara Streisand. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Hmm. So when they said Rupert Holmes, of course, I immediately think of the Pina Koala song, as does everyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. I thought that was really that was too. That's funny. Too great. Yeah, so those are awesome. real life. But I love that everyone called up the diehard thing. I, that's that's so good. I love, <laughs> I is, love that so guy. Thank th- again, Mr. Uh, Shigeta. Just in case I forgot. Yeah. Thank you, Sister Community Players. Thank yes. you, Jackie and Rachel. Thank you, Bill and yes. Jenny. Thank you, Thank you Corey Everybody. J. Brewer. Yeah. For and I have to say, like, my heart is super warmed by that. Not only because you called out when each one of us got yeah. mad yeah. because you accurately did that. <laughs> yes. But you also included all of these really classic Sister Community Playhouse moments. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I love it. It takes that. a village. Yeah. I know. It's I'm so, so sweet. Happy. So sweet. <laughs> and I am so pissed about that now. What the? <laughs> I know. Fuck. I don't. Oh, I love the mask. I but mean, why? Just that, that guy, that whole guy, the yeah. whole guy. He wasn't even a character yeah. later. He did. There was one moment he where was. he, he says, with, after okay. they chose their costumes, their Laurel and Hardy costumes, he gets on the phone and says, The choice has been made. <laughs> oh, yeah. After they choose yeah. their costumes. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And that's it? Mm-hmm. Well, Harold Simpson comes back when he's murdered slash fake suicide. Oh. Oh, Joe. I don't know what happened in this episode. I don't understand. I guess we better talk it through then. Yeah. So who was the villain? The villain is the publisher, Alfred Raines, who it turns out is the stepson of Rupert Holmes, who... Jonathan had (laughs) some difficult, uh, complicated business dealings with. And so Alfred Raines is simultaneously the person trying to buy buy a part stock. But also he has devoted a significant amount of his time and wealth. Um, to plan this elaborate chess game, and so right. they don't. I don't think they mention whether he played chess with his stepfather, but Jonathan eventually makes the the connection that that's who it is, with the prompting of his uh, old friend of thirty five years, Frank Culver. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I have to process all of that and like how that was so the publisher whose mansion they were at this is like a yes. retreat for authors to then I'm no, very no. unclear as to what the event was what was this event? it's just some some and like annual party that he has i got that was my sense of it when they're talking uh-huh. about it and the man at the costume shop is like, "Oh, oh, dude, are the you costume one shop of guy? the right, authors? Right. That warehouse of a costume shop, the costume, which was awesome. But it that, was cool, that but costume was like, shop guy was really giving me hives. Like, <laughs> yeah, that character was a problem. For yeah, me. a bit much. So, yeah. okay, this whole movie felt like a fever dream. Also, it was so <laughs> weird. What was happening? Uh-huh. There were some really weird dialogue moments, especially when they're at the masquerade. Okay, so there's a scene. I just want to explain this whole thing. This frustrates me so much, too, where it's like there's there's a attempted murder on Jonathan on the boat. 
Frank, the man who asked them to go golfing and then canceled the golfing, but then asked them to go fishing, but then couldn't make fishing because off screen he got a business call. That's all really fucking weird. They think he's the one who's setting them up to be murdered. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know who I was talking to under the bridge, but I know his face. So we'll see his face tonight. Instantly after he says that, a man comes out on the balcony and says, it's a masquerade ball. So, okay, that foils the whole plan of staking out this guy. The The party starts and no, not a single person is wearing a mask. And it's just like, that just like boggles my mind and makes me feel like I'm in a dream. Like, what is this writing? What is this? What's happening? I don't understand any of that. <laughs> okay. Where to begin with yeah. that? Okay. So I know it's a lot. Now I forgot what you said, even because it's just so <laughs> there overwhelming. There were a couple moments I saw you were raising um, hand to say something. Yeah, but... I had to say it right then, or it just let it just flew the out fishing. of my mouth. So right the plan, Frank's, Frank's many okay. foiled things. Yeah. Okay, so Frank, so Frank doesn't cancel the golfing, which, by the way, he describes as he pitches to them as a threesome. threesome I thought for yeah. sure the Sizzlers would mention that. Uh, there's only so much um, you can mention. Right. That's true. Okay, so he. Invites them for golf, but then the sprinkler systems malfunctioned and saturated the golf course. So okay. Frank didn't have anything to do with, or we don't, well, we don't know that at that time, but okay. we know later that Frank didn't have anything to do with that, that it's all part of this elaborate setup orchestrated by Alfred Raines. Okay. But it's, there's so many different things that are happening that I think it is really hard to pull it together in any way that is immediately cohesive yeah um given like the point in the in the film when they finally get there i think if they had maybe gotten there a little bit sooner but i think that's a that's a quality of of the movies that we're experiencing is it's just like it feels like it happens really late in the game yes. that things get get um tied the up is so much slower. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it is um not I don't know. Frank Culver. He didn't so, do it, everybody. Right. So so he Jennifer goes over that little pool bridge and there's mm -hmm. he's under the bridge talking to somebody about this murder plot to kill Jonathan. So what does he think he's talking about at that moment? A book plot? Yes. Okay. So he when Jennifer finally like confronts him with what with her suspicions, she she accuses him of of um trying to kill Jonathan. He is like, oh, okay, and says for like the 1500 the time, like, let's go have a drink. Right. Um, right. But then he tells them like he was just he's like, what? Oh, yeah. Like I was this guy is an aspiring history writer. So we were talking about plot structure because okay. he knows I'm a mystery writer, blah, blah, blah. So, so then why was that murderer <clears throat> explaining his plot to a random person like Frank? No, no, the murderer no, 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 wasn't explaining it. Frank was explaining it to the murderer, oh, so that the would-be assassin slash actually a victim. And that gave him the idea to do that on the boat. So he didn't do that on the boat. Rain did that on the boat. Uh, but it was the exact plot that they were yeah, talking about. Yeah. So okay, I'm gonna do a uh -oh. little bit of a little bit of of, a, of a yoga <laughs> uh -huh. to stretch this out, um, but. I am of the belief that uh, Rain, <laughs> Alfred Rain, the publisher, 
that the guy that Frank was talking to was hired by Alfred Rain. He or is a man of hench of mm-hmm. Alfred Rain, uh, who was then executed at the party again in order to complete this uh mystery. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um to just to keep keep it keep the intrigue going, keep the keep the red herrings flowing. Uh-huh. Basically. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh so yeah, it's Alfred said, go talk to that guy, see how he's going to see how it, and honestly, I think Alfred was probably like, uh, I don't know how to do this. Like, and this guy is the best mystery writer, which the hearts mentioned right. when they were reading his book, unknowingly reading his book that he's, they're so amazed at how he plots his murders and right. that it seems so, so believable and plausible. Okay. So I'm just assuming that Alfred was like, Go ask him what to do, and then I'm gonna do that. Like we're gonna we're gonna do that, okay. and then he is a suspect, and okay. I'm get, I'm doing a clever thing, right? And blah blah blah. By using but it's all his but plot. again, it's all just a game to him, which is the the overarching thing <sighs> is a stupid chess metaphor. That didn't also that did not fly for me no. whatsoever <laughs> like you can't just cut to a chessboard of pieces moving around and then act like you're like making this ch- ch- witty repartee game of chess with your murder plot it doesn't make any sense at all for for me the weirder red herring was that the person that we see playing chess is yeah. african-american mm-hmm. and so we know but then we immediately know that it's not that character who is the villain or behind anything because the person ominously moving the chess pieces back and forth is white. Yeah. Right. Because we see their yeah. Caucasian or I, Caucasian so passing. That was just hand. another red herring. Like all those authors were just supposed to be red herrings. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But like a million percent. Why did they not bring any of them back? That's what bugs me. Yeah. This is my okay. Here's my major gripe with this movie. My one of my major gripes uh-huh. is that <laughs> they stacked this cast. Like yes. when the when I was watching the the credits at the beginning, I was like, Fred Willard. Oh, sorry, uh, that's Vicky I said Lawrence, Fred Ward, who is yeah. not the student of my rest dad. in peace. Uh, yeah. Paul Williams, Vicky Lawrence, Fred Willard. And uh-huh. David Leisure. And uh-huh. I'm like, okay. And the, the funny thing is that David Leisure and Fred Willard are two actors that I frequently confuse for each other. Oh, that's funny. That's really funny. <laughs> frequently. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, but, and James Avery, like all of these, it was the, yeah. it was the ABC or the NBC all-star roster. <laughs> it was the NBCs of casting. And I thought, this is awesome. And then when they all converge on this mansion, I went, fuck yeah. Yes, we are getting our Agatha Christie yes. fucking right. story. It's a it's a locked door it's mystery at Bertram's hotel, and they're, and they're on these, an island. And, yeah, and all these authors have this yeah. drama with each other, yeah. and it's and such it's, a great setup for it that. It already started with that stupid, dangerous game thing, yes. where, where a, a guy right. is being hunted, right? But like, then they went nowhere with that. They really dropped the ball. <laughs> at the they masquerade really dropped ball. the ball. They dropped the masquerade ball. They okay. dropped the masquerade portion of said masquerade ball. Yeah, what the? <laughs> I I will counter though and say that there was a moment of of red herring timing that I thought was brilliant. Oh, give me tell. Okay, it's when uh, Frank Culver is sneaking around. The Hearts are coming back from meeting with Detective Who, and they're walking back to their room. 
and Frank Culver goes into the Hart's room and looks around suspiciously, and then he opens up uh, their luggage and is clearly doing something in luggage. We see him unzipping the luggage, and then the Hart's are... He, can hear them in the hallway and they're coming down and he like peers around like to hide from them he zips the luggage back up and goes and so it's like to me it makes it seem clearly like he's he must be the killer or he must be in league with the villain right because mm -hmm. what the fuck is he doing with the bag but of course we find out at the near the very end that he was putting his manuscript into their bag so that jonathan would read it yeah uh, um, uh, okay. Mm. So he was just like giving him his manuscript because he wanted Jonathan to read it yeah. externally mm -hmm. of the whole plot. He's very, he was very nervous about his novel, uh -huh. um, mm -hmm. because it wasn't one of his mystery Stacey novels. Rogers. Stacey yeah. Rogers. Oh, right, right, right. It was, it's and it was very novel heartfelt. as Frank Culver. Okay. And it, was, it was his own name. Uh, right. which was why that the inscription dedication to his old friends, which was obviously referring to Jonathan, uh -huh. was was supposed to be super heartwarming. Right. Um, <laughs> I just, I just want to know. I guess they just like was Vicky Lawrence busy? Like, but she could she not hang out in Hawaii for for a couple nights? You mean Nora Kingsley? Yes, I do mean Nora Kingsley. And I, I also, I, they set it up like this felt like it could have been a great season one episode of Heart to Heart. Because yeah. you have a bunch of sure. these characters and they're mm -hmm. all of these actors are amazing. Mm -hmm. They all are able to portray over the top characters. Mm -hmm. I love them. I, I would have loved to have it just be all of these people who are all mm -hmm. suspects. If they were all yes. suspects, yes. it would have been so fun. Like, Maybe Vicky Nora Kingsley just really hates men, right. as her book title "Men Don't Like Them Never Did" <laughs> <Yeah>. would suggest. <laughs> Which is great. I, I have to say, David Leisure got the best. I uh, feel like he got the best nom de plume. What was Regin <laughs> Reginald Cinders? Ooh, I love that. And his book was. Are are, wait, are you sure are you, you sure aren't, you what, aren't you what you eat? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Are then, you sure you aren't what you eat? Yeah. Well, these were the books great. are so funny. This Eric Ross, I can do it alone. Oh God, Eric Roth. Mm -hmm. I just Eric Roth, who who fulfilled every quota of let's be creepy to Jennifer this movie. That which oh, is man, the I know. constant of these movies is men being creepy to Jennifer. Mm. And he's but at least the it youngest. Is not it is not a not constant in the series, no, though. No, true, Let's true. Let's be real. But the it's movies just that, are in the really... movies, it's like, oh wow, it's pretty relentless. Yeah, like they're spending like fifteen minutes of the movie on on men harassing Jennifer. You know, and this is not a big point, but I have to say it before I forget, which is how come they call that green building the old shack? I mean, admittedly, it's probably older than the mansion, but why do they call it the old shack? And why does the old shack have so many fucking clipboards on the wall? And and also its own it's, theme song for approaching it. It does have its own theme yeah. song. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. It was like jungly, yeah, like yeah. CD-ROM music. Why so much clipboard? It's I I'm I don't, I don't know. know if that did they I mean it was obviously the radio tower the radio shack radio was... shack oh my god did I have one of those did I have a robot that eats quarters 
I mean, it was the Radio Shack. It was the, it was well, the communication. It. it was the place where they communicated with the other islands, with Honolulu right. specifically. Um, sure. But how many clipboards do you need? And why are they scattered in such a bizarre, <laughs> like like a loose pattern? Good why wouldn't question. you just have the clipboard on the table next to your wireless or whatever that is? When you Good have question. that many wealthy guests all the time, I think you might need clipboards. I feel like you could have the radio inside your house. Can I talk but... about the dangerous uh, thing in the room, which is fucking helicopters um Ugh. do not right off the bat. fucking chase the hearts in a helicopter it's always a bad idea don't do that you shouldn't Just be doing do not that. helicopter everybody yeah, do not also, helicopter but can you get i bet you guys can guess what it reminded me of when they were flying into the hawaiian mountains of the helicopter jurassic park yeah yeah <laughs> it was so when jurassic did that come Park-y. out joe <laughs> just a year Remind before this me. movie <laughs> Pretty big coincidence. Okay, wait. Though I'm still hung up. Can you please? Okay. Can one of you play devil's advocate and explain to me from the perspective of making a movie that scene where you have a stakeout going to happen, but they can't do the stakeout because it's a masquerade ball because everyone will be wearing masks, and then having the ball without anyone wearing masks. Just I don't. I'm so hung up on that. So I don't okay. understand why you would do that. The masquerade ball was a misnomer, uh-huh. <laughs> but but I think that it was supposed to be a masquerade ball yeah. so that no one would see anyone's faces. Exactly. My guess is that the director was like, "That's boring. Let's uh, let's make it just a costume party." Okay. Or like, or the hearts, were, or Jonathan, Stephanie, and Robert were like, "Um, no, like we want to do this Laurel and Hardy sketch." Right, which is the last time I will mention. But then, the why keep sketch. why <laughs> include the scene where they're upset about it being a masquerade ball because they won't be able to find this guy? Like, why are you including either cut that scene or they didn't have time? They this this movie didn't you feel like they were stretching things some parts out to make time yeah, for this that boat <laughs> dragging the, oh scene <laughs> the slow motion <laughs> boat. <laughs> <laughs> They're dragging Jonathan, who is, the, which is, okay, I, of course, like. So Jonathan goes to the radio shack. He goes he to the radio shack. <laughs> he thinks that Frank has, Culver has left him a note that is like, come to the radio shack so I can murder you. And Jennifer's shack. like, don't go to the radio shack and get murdered, Jonathan. And so, of course, Jonathan, the next scene is Jonathan running there Ooh. in that cool Hawaiian shirt. Also, I just realized it's an RC boat, which they sold at Radio yes. Shack. A lot. Yes. That's what they had at Radio Shack. There's okay, and also, I don't know if anyone else caught this in the. I love Radio Shack. In <laughs> I do too. I miss I miss Radio Shack. I, I do too. How I loved it. Uh, oh my god. When he's in Radio Shack <laughs> and <laughs> and staring longingly at the King piece yeah, on the wire, that bouncy ass wire that I was right. so hoping was going to trigger something. Yeah, yeah, but didn't. Because then I could just be like, "Dumbass, Jonathan, don't don't pull things on wires." Uh, yeah, I wish a gets, giant king would have fallen on his head. And he him gets out. sapped in the head and a sack put over his head, mm-hmm. seemingly by two different sets of hands. Oh, I didn't notice mm-hmm. that. The, uh, if if it was the same set of hands, someone <laughs> had the sap and the bag oh. in one hand. Oh, I see what you're saying, and. Did like the most amazing fucking yeah, fushigi ass maneuver. <laughs> yeah, they bonked him. Did they put the sack over him and then Which bonk him? Is- no, no, it was like bonk back, 
Bonk bag. And it, it, but it, but it looked like two <laughs> sets of hands. Bonk and I, bag. So, <laughs> they did the old bonk bag at the Radio Shack. Yeah. Bonk bag. And I, I thought. I thought that was cool <laughs> for me because I was like, there are two people involved. Like, like there's more than one person involved in this. Yeah. Which made I kept thinking that Frank and I I'm sorry guys, I I knew it was publisher and it was Archie or whatever his name is from the get. <laughs> um because that guy has never played a good guy. <laughs> right. Um, right. So I knew it was him. Right. But I thought you've got a second. You've got another. You've got a, a either a man of hench or you're a partner of someone. And I thought it was Frank. Well, maybe it was the but guy wearing. What about wearing, the helicopter guy? Could could have been the helicopter guy. Could have been the guy wearing the Jonathan mask at the beginning of the episode, which I'm now just no, realizing. He's dead already. It. Oh, how did he die? He was the guy at the party. He that, was shot. It's oh, Harold okay, Simpson. Okay. But I just put this together that that is a completely useless mask in in the beginning of the episode and then there's a whole scene where there should have been masks where there weren't any <laughs> and that's like oh, no. boggling my mind right now like what oh time for a bog bag yeah bonk, <laughs> bag. bonk bag me just, like, <laughs> i'll just lay on the table for the rest of this episode i don't it's making me so that, mad joe that's that's the name when you go to alfred rain's uh, <laughs> annual party for his authors yeah. that is your your Joe bonk bag. Bonk bag. Speaking of the masquerade, the misnomer masquerade party, uh-huh. the first shot of the masquerade party is a guy, guy in a jester outfit who just has the scariest grimace on that he won't move. Oh, yeah. really? I, I found that frightening. That. I found that super disturbing. The part I found super disturbing and very fever dreamy is when Jennifer is going up the elevator and Jonathan's staring at her with that weird with the weird eyebrows oh my god that was so fucking weird for so long it cuts back to him (laughs) so many times just staring at her going up the slow elevator with that is he i don't know which is laurel and which is hardy he's hardy he's hardy and he's doing a hardy his version of a hardy face i guess no he's laurel stan laurel He's Stan Laurel. Laurel, or his right? like, yeah, Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy. His like lips he are all sort her of Ollie. Yep. puckered, and his eyebrows are up, and his like head is tilted forward. It's so fucking weird. I don't understand. Have- Laurel and Hardy make me really uncomfortable. They make me so uncomfortable. Here's Ugh. a here's a oh we live next to the uh, the music box steps as well, like the Laurel and Hardy music box steps. Yeah. Mm, uh, great. But like as a kid. If you watch TV in the 80s, you were forced to sit Stop through a lot of <laughs> a lot Stop of it, vaudeville <laughs> shit, like a lot of vaudevillian mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah. a vaudevillian stuff that was made into uh, pictures in the in the 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. And I do that, love the steps. Yeah, I've that, gone to the steps that just mm-hmm. continued and continued. So all that shit is like so ingrained in oh. my brain and I hate it. I hated it when I was a kid mm-hmm. and I hate it now. But watching them do that uh, really didn't change things. I, I can't stand it. It's, it's just, it really is this infantilizing of adults that makes me want to vomit. Uh, yeah, that was gross. Their little act at the end was like. I, 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 I tried to give myself the, I tried to be the fucking positive person in the room and be like, look, they're enjoying it. They're yeah, having they're a having good fun. time. It doesn't matter if I'm enjoying it. They're doing it for themselves. But it's then you know then I remember oh it's a fucking TV show and it's for mm-hmm. me, so stop it. God, I never <laughs> thought. I mean, would it 
have been any better if they went with the Columbus and is Queen Isabella costumes. The only one, the only one that I liked was the uh, Anthony and, and Cleo, <laughs> Anthony and Cleopatra, because mm. Jennifer had cleavage showing and Jonathan was in a toga, mm-hmm. and I thought that's great. That actually looks like classic heart to heart costume. Yeah. Yes, I liked. I, lo- uh, I liked it. I, I liked thought, Romeo and, I and Juliet. I thought that was funny too. They looked good. Also, just I want I I want them to. I I appreciate that they're being age appropriate with these things, but I still want them to be sexy. Hmm. Yeah. Look at those tights. Do you, weren't you, <laughs> no one else felt certain they would go with the Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn because of Jonathan's previous impressions? That was so <laughs> chic. I thought so too. Yeah. It seems like they would have. Well, and then they, they did, they kind of did what I thought they would do once they showed them both dressed as flappers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then, which was I'm, I'm assuming it's some like an hot costume mm-hmm. uh, when I saw Jonathan in the dress I was like okay so the next one they'll both be in suits Yeah, and I was hoping sure I was hoping it would be gangsters like it would be James Cagney mm-hmm. but it yeah. was it was fucking Laurel and Hardy <laughs> Laurel and Hardy as I was mumbling moments ago those it's not a criticism of, of their ability as comedic performers but clearly like it's the kind of humor that i simply don't understand and it makes me so uncomfortable the characters themselves but i you know to be fair i feel the same way about the three stooges like same it made me so sad and uncomfortable inside Mm -hmm. and so i mean at least max wasn't there and them being the three stooges that's all i could think of to be grateful for at that time (laughs) yeah yeah that little skit they do at the end of the episode, though, is very cringy, and I, I blinked it out. I can't. Yeah, even... but for a certain demographic, probably like super, super delightful at the mm. time, right? It's like when they do their uh, leg kicking bro- uh, Broadway musical totally. thing. Yeah, that's what they've done a couple times in the show. I think that's like pure Stephanie and Robert's. Like that's what they like to do. Yeah. that's how they like to ham it up. So. Mm. I think too it's it's like appealing to um the older demographic of their audience for heart to heart. Yeah. That completely loves loves that part of that. And so we're just like the wrong we're wrong yeah. across the board. Yeah, we're not. Yes. The we're three not of us are the the wrong audience for all different reasons. Definitely. But wrong S- and I'm the same. Especially if you're going to a fucking masquerade ball and you're not going to wear a mask. <laughs> I can, I will never get over that. There's no explanation mm. for it other than just time. But we have to move on to Doctor Who. I mean, Detective <laughs> Wu. <laughs> Detective Who. <laughs> Did I say Doctor Wu or Doctor Who? You said Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> Detective Who. Detective Who. Immediately. It's like his name was Harold Simpson. And then he just goes off on this like just because a man has died doesn't mean his name has changed. And it's like, yeah, I guess, but like why? And then Jennifer full on explains a murder plot that doesn't happen. And he's like, well, that has nothing to do with anything. Jonathan's alive and another man is dead. And it's like, well, it seems like it still sort of has something to do with like this murder plot happening. 
Um, I'm okay with the continuation of cops being idiots in the heart to heart verse. I could see what they were trying to do with this character. But I just I, they don't just need the racist it. vaudeville jokes. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. need the vaudeville jokes. That was so stupid. Right. I yeah, Except for the who knows, which Corey Brewer, yes, that I, was. Yeah. <laughs> if, imagine how great that would have landed if they didn't do the who's on first up until that. Yeah. And it comes up. I mean, it just persists. <laughs> uh for the episode i guess like uh, i mean of course i love i love james Chigeta, and he is then cast playing a not not japanese person um but for me this is this sucks but this is just honest um did, what did you call him? detective semantics which is yeah. super funny yeah, <laughs> yeah um i i was i would say he was more about the grammar police mm-hmm. but um no but he's higher ranking yeah yeah <laughs> lieutenant grammar I, lieutenant I of the grammar police <laughs> i except for the sad to me um jokes and gong ish music um that i hoped we were just way way past mm-hmm. um i loved that character i thought that was amazing i don't i can't explain i just really delighted in that and i also thought it was kind of like an unexpectedly funny thing to do um at a to a publisher at a writing like a party that's full of writers (laughs) but i don't know everything that he uh he said that detective who says is correct in terms of the tenses and the facts like it's true it's conjecture and opinion yeah He's talking about facts, but I don't know. (laughs) But but it's true that like his final thing where he's like, "Oh, we're you know we're losing away and like the who knows." It's it's I don't know, but of course, um, the gong and and all the jokes just I was just like, "Oh my god, corny!" It's just hard for me to believe that such vaudeville enthusiasts as Jennifer and Jonathan Hart are that Jennifer would continue the who's on first thing with him. Yeah. Like in earnest, like it's it's like another. I'm sorry that I keep dragging this show into into like real life, (laughs) but they're making Jennifer an idiot in this both of them movie. Oh my god! Like she's a she's a hysterical idiot in a lot of this movie. One time she is correct. There's one time, and it's the boat. But the. The boat was so weird to me. Okay, there's a lot. Well, what I want to say before we leave the detective forever in the past, <laughs> where he belongs, where we put him in the past, he was and not is, is that I like you can kind of see what they're trying to do with that character. He's like the smartest person in the room. It's just like much like the chess uh, simile, not working at all. Like mm-hmm. it just doesn't equate or make any sense, and they don't try to make it make sense at all in any way at least for me or or it went completely over my head which is totally a possibility because uh there were like stretches of the movie where i had a hard time paying attention for sure but But of course a trope that the detective be like some sort of weird form of comic relief or that the detective be strange and especially yeah especially something that has like these agatha christie like Mm -hmm. you know like locked door mystery vibes that there's going to be these characters that just really yeah yeah but then he leaves and it's just gone forever right we never see him again no we don't so it's like that again it's just like what are you why are we 
Just why? Uh, <laughs> I don't there, understand. I don't know, man. There was a lot of potential in this mm-hmm. with all these characters that they introduce. Mm-hmm. And then they just focus on three of them. Yeah. And yes, it's just a waste. It's just a waste. And it's like they're all the time that they spent dragging things out yeah. to make time could have been spent with Vicky Lawrence having fits. Or uh, Vicky Lawrence and David Leisure having fights, which yeah. would have been so like funny. Like an awkward giant dinner party. Yeah. Fred Willard making <laughs> making threats. Uh, James Avery thinking that everyone is trying to hypnotize him, which yes. I loved yes. that little moment where he is talking so to Jennifer. strange. Yeah. yeah. But and I thought, gone. that's going to come back, and yeah. I can't wait because there's going to be a hypnotist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that like, would be so cool. Right. <laughs> and she, what I, I thought like, oh, well, we all know that Jennifer is easily hypnotized. <laughs> well, yeah. if you have hundreds of year old right? rubies. Yeah. Right. Totally. Um <laughs> did we what I thought was weird and and please correct me. I hope that I just missed this somehow that Fred Willard's character do they ever say what his book is? He's the per- the person that's there that I don't remember catching a name for or a book. He doesn't have a name and he doesn't they don't mention him ever again. He also is only he only speaks in that one scene. He's, he's the one talking to the the I to hate Vicky Lawrence, book. yeah, to okay. Vicky Lawrence right, right. to so, Nora Kingsley, correct. Uh-huh. So he, yeah, he is described. His character is man at party. Um, oh. that's a waste. IMDb. What a waste that is so strange. IMDb, funnily enough, <laughs> mistakes him for David Leisure and switches their names. Oh, oh interesting. Which cracks me up because I just said yeah. that I used that I frequently mistake those two actors for each other yeah Um, are you trying to tell us that you are imdb i am it's imd blood what's (laughs) something crazy that happened to me during this smelled imd (laughs) i'm the blood i am the blood (laughs) i am the blood oh my god um something kind of crazy that happened to me during this episode was they were there's like a scene where they get to the party, they talk to all these weird people, are shaming them out of eating, and then they go, and then Jonathan tries to dip a shrimp into Jennifer oh. and like feed it to oh, Jennifer. And then, and in this moment, I Googled, how long can shrimp be left out? Because that, it was like, there was like buffets everywhere that nobody was eating, and it was like hot Hawaiian weather. If it's cooked and it's on ice, two hours. Yeah. Two hours most. And then later on the episode, they explain Jonathan his sickness away because the shrimp went bad. And I, w- I had Googled open to like, how long can shrimp be left know. out? And then I find out that like it's shrimp poisoning. It was like getting to the guests. Well, even Corey J. Brewer knew that I was pissed off when Jonathan picked up a shrimp, dipped it, yeah. and then put, put it, it back. back. Yeah, that's so yeah. weird. Yeah. You nasty motherfucker. Like, at least eat I it. I don't like that. Yeah, I didn't understand. I was furious. No. And then <laughs> yeah. the hearts being good. A sh- like shamed out of eating anything just did not read very well to me. Uh, it was just mm, like... There's I, some, I kind of like that as a comic trope of the hearts because like, yeah. they do frequently like fall into these little traps yeah, of, totally. of like, we're starving. Yeah. We're not allowed to eat the food. Right, right. Uh, yeah. or we're, there's we're some food guilted. issues. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I did like that. Health the, food things. That's and, like the one yeah. author that they did bring back for that joke where he's like, Scarfing a yes. piece of pizza. Oh, I, I was glad that they ate. I liked it when David. Lee oh, was I could yeah. watch secretly that scene eating over and over again. <laughs> He's when so the sassy about have it. their faces two inches from the uh, plate. 
But also pizza and champagne. It's fucking Hooray. rad. Also, yeah. but like, why did it have to be in the Laurel and Hardy costumes when that happened? <laughs> Relating to this, a moment later or earlier, I can't remember in the episode, Frank, who they think is plotting to kill them, right? At this moment, they're talking to him. Who Jennifer thinks is plotting to kill Right. Brings in a tray of lemonade and asks them if they want some lemonade. And they both are like, sure, we'll both guzzle some of that lemonade so, man who is probably trying to kill us. When that lemonade entered the room, the camera focused on it so hard that I was like, well, that's poison. And then, yeah. then it was I doubled down when Jennifer like drank a whole glass of lemonade on camera. Yeah. Yeah. Which even before you never see that. <laughs> no yeah even before the camera focus on it, it's like that man possibly tried to kill you most likely is trying to kill you and you're just going to guzzle the lemonade I think at that point I knew he wasn't the guy so I was like this is a diversion but but they are being poisoned <laughs> but he doesn't drink any lemonade so like the right. manservant or whoever from the mansion brings the lemonade or knocks on the door and has lemonade so da- so frank culver doesn't give them the lemonade he very well could have drank the lemonade which would have sunk the whole right well no that would have right? that would have actually been fine because i think the plan you just was... drag him into the kitchen and kill him yeah. exactly i think the plan was to kill him regardless why would you kill the cash cow he's fucking stacy rogers yeah. stacy rogers wrote murder man see again another plot that they could have used he doesn't want to write these mysteries anymore he wants to write heartfelt novels about youth and the publisher's like i'm not getting rid of you cash cow uh-huh but so he goes to the hearts room later when they're passing out from this lemonade <laughs> yeah. drug and for dinner he, and he's like picking them up for dinner and he walks in and they're both passing out they both pass out in the bed and then it's a shot of him like running a goblin out. running out of the room <laughs> what oh he's running for he's help going for he's help, going for help. Yeah. oh okay i was like where but instead somebody either he did drink lemonade and none of us noticed it uh-huh. and he passes out in the the other room in the house okay. one of the other rooms in the house and then is killed, killed. or yeah, so he's going to get help, but it feels like he is going to go do something else fucked up, but yeah, what, right? right? That's when I think it's really like, oh, yeah, no shit. It's not Frank. Like, if Frank wanted to kill them, what's he going to do to them? You know, like, either the next scene is the hearts tied up. Yeah. Whatever. To a or John, boat. you know. <laughs> to a slow boat. But what I thought was funny was that uh, Jennifer passes out first. Mm-hmm. She's and then Jonathan, but Frank only says, Jonathan, uh, Yeah, that is <laughs> are you all right? <laughs> well, you know, women be fainting. Sure. She has the vapors. She has a, is having a spell. It, his his goblin, a spell. goblin run out of that room added to the, like, the fever dream <laughs> feeling because that's never something anyone would ever do in that situation. If two people you knew passed out on the bed in front of you, you would walk up to them and be like, hey, are you okay? What's happening? Or like, you would be like, help, somebody. Oh, I would start slapping drug. Yeah, you would slap them. You would like shake them. You would say, hey, what's going on? Don't fall, somebody don't help. fall asleep on a bed in front of me. Yeah. Just start I mean, I definitely you. wouldn't put a pillow over their faces and wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing is, even if you were if you were in on the plot, you would not silently goblin run out of the room either. It doesn't make any sense from any perspective, no, no. any sort of like whatever that guy was doing was up to that reaction didn't make any okay, sense gonna, other than a I'll say I kind of like it. Let me get into downward dog for this episode yet again, but okay. uh they, he is he has been present for like 
a, a fake suicide, uh-huh. uh, a, a ship catching on fire. There's an obvious plot going on that he didn't necessarily believe. And yeah. then the hearts are, they pass out from obvious poison yeah. or something. And it clicks in, in his mind that like, shit, something really is going on. And right. he runs out of the room. So you think he's running to Radio Shack? I think he's either running to Radio Shack because uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a quarter inch adapter for his headphones. <laughs> yeah. Or he's running to get help or he's, yeah, I, I okay. think that I, that didn't bother me at all. Like uh-huh. that actually made sense to me. It just I'll, still... I'll take it further and say I would think he was running to find Alfred Raines, mm-hmm. who he's had a long-standing professional relationship with and whose party and house it is. His island, it's his fucking island. For sure. That was that was my guess was that. Yeah. You know, because most of the guests at that point had left because uh, somebody died. Killed themselves slash, yeah, somebody died. And uh, so that, that would be my guess. And so he runs to Raines and then Raines kills him. If and I thought that they did this to make him look even more like the villain again. Like in my mind, he was again the villain. They did, yeah, right. They did, but it does. It just like any of those like solutions to why he silently ran out of a room just don't really make sense to me. <laughs> to my mind, of like how humans behave, it's like an alien wrote that scene. It's yeah, just it's... that level of like. Tommy Wiseau or Neil Breen <laughs> weirdness. To I the, think it's. I think wow. You have to take you. You have to take into account the nineties TV Read movies of it. That that's why it it yeah. feels like that. Right. Like because I there's a, there were a few there were a few moments of this movie. I just want to say episode that that I felt. Uh, I felt like. They're really capturing the old school heart to heart vibe. Yeah, it looks and sounds like heart to heart. The music is back for one, uh-huh. um, <laughs> and it, it, and yeah, it was great. But then there are these scenes like when they get into an elevator and it's suddenly uh-huh. a handheld camera with a way too wide lens. Yeah, and I'm like, oh god! And the cameraman is way taller than Jonathan yeah. Jennifer. <laughs> that was weird. So it's like, okay, these are the cut corners that that TV movies have to deal with. Whatever. Yeah. All that said, like that, that just becomes part of the experience for me. So I just let it go. Right. So him running out of the room, as weird as that all looked, uh-huh. I was just like, okay, yeah, no, he's running for help. Uh, same with when the hearts are in a helicopter. <laughs> uh, they're being quote unquote rescued in a helicopter. And then suddenly the helicopter guy is just like, we have to make another stop. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, okay. Yeah. That I guess that's right. cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess that in. is cool. Like, what do you? What else are you going to do? Yeah. do? Yeah. You're going to jump out of the helicopter? <laughs> he pulls an Uzi. I out feel on like I like I like the helicopter thing because I think that they don't with with the heaps and heaps of red herrings and like this slow roll to like figuring out what the fuck's going on. And Max is like, ah, Max really is the one that solves. Right, he knows yeah. right away when he's talking to oh Duke. God. Max. And that scene has one of my favorite, well, a couple of my favorite things. Lionel Sander and a corn dog. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like, to me, that's my Laurel and Hardy. That's my vaudeville dream team. Lionel was, Sander just, like, hanging out with a corn dog. But, uh, but I was, again, furious the corn dog. because that guy, if you're not going to give a dog the corn dog, don't hold the corn dog in front of the dog's face then. I that was know. driving me so crazy. I, it, it was it was very obvious that it was just to get yeah. the dog to sit there, but it cracked me up when Paul Williams says, "No, this is mine." 
Because yeah. <laughs> that's what we say to Bobo. Yeah, it's, no, it's no, mine. No, this chicken is mine. Yeah. <laughs> For me, there's just something inherently uh, delightful about dogs eating a food called hot dogs yeah. or corn dogs. <laughs> but I guess I, I, what was my thread? Oh, yeah. So when they go to Radio Shack slash Clipboard Palace, um, <laughs> there's no pauses there's no weirdness with the helicopter guy like that mm-hmm. feels like they're just like getting the helicopter to come mm-hmm. and he comes and it's totally normal feeling until that moment so you gotta admit like that's yeah. that's pretty good that's, yeah that's good it was good it was just like uh, yeah i'm ready for anything at this point of the of the movie because so much crazy shit has happened by then that i was like they're definitely not out of it yet but i didn't know what was going to happen so it's just like going back a little bit knocking them out with the lemonade was that just to clear the mansion out basically did they have just or like setting up the why did they get so they it's so they would miss the helicopter in the morning the real helicopter Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, that was a good when he turned around with that Uzi in their faces. That was a pretty good moment. I did like that. And then having him run an obstacle course. What what did that have to do with anything? That was the most <laughs> most dangerous game thing. <laughs> okay. That was the the least dangerous game. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a spear that shoots the out of a tree. The most theoretically dangerous part. Yeah, yeah. and then but like a PVC the, pipe, callback, pipe that swings right? down. Yeah, it's callback. a call it's a callback and we we we'd been technically waiting for that moment. So like, I don't know. I just feel like Maybe it would cost more money, but you could set up some <laughs> sort of like chessboard inspired thing no for this. No, I just say to like excise loop that back the entire in. chess metaphor out of this entire episode. Right. Spend a little more time with Vicky Lawrence, with Fred yeah, Willard, oh, with, with yeah. David Leisure, with James Avery. Like, yes, do the fucking Agatha Christie locked door mystery. Just do Night Horror the movie. And yeah, we would be so 100% happy. One hundred fucking percent. Like, like all these weird passageways in that mansion and shit like that. It would be so great. So good. Yeah. So good. And also, you're on an island. Like yeah. you can keep the dangerous game. I think you can keep the man's most dangerous game thing uh-huh. uh, because you're on an island. So you know, introduce it, fine, and then end with it, fine. Right. But all up until then, I just want to. I would just want to see TV stars be funny and act like fools. Yeah. Yeah, and this publisher of all I these... want I want the fucking train episode from season three. The what was that called? Oh, uh, yeah, the heart Heartland Express. Heartland Express. Yeah, that's what I want. Like that, which is, uh, with uh, I would say the absolute most Agatha Christie esque or classic. You know, like a Sayers kind of of mystery, right? Yep. But you know, I think that the chess thing. I can see where they're going with that because it does allow all of these crazy machinations to happen, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it just got a little carried away with the hand moving the pieces like it just doesn't doesn't come off. And then yeah. there's also it didn't it was the least effective of the red herrings was the chest device to have um Uncle Phil playing 
chess and talking about it and they're like yeah. oh and he wrote murder in black and white blah 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 yeah it just didn't it just didn't work it was the the clunkiest but mm. then there it is forever the chess thing and then the way that we end up at the slow reveal that it is alfred reigns the stepson of rupert holmes um blah 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 mm-hmm. there's just it doesn't fire as quickly or as accurately like it doesn't hit the targets it's trying to hit mm-hmm. the chess thing does not make sense yeah definitely not and it's and like, very forced it's like the checkmate part of fred being dead and then the king being on the wire in radio shack are the two times when the hearts were even clued in that there was even a chess thing happening right like that was all the chess they were getting was these little weird like messages and what yeah and it just I, doesn't well, make any sense and what was the king it, did that mean anything to jonathan the chess reference is just the rupert holmes thing where in his in rupert holmes uh suicide note he referred to chess as the game and the end made the the parallel between him trying to take over heart industries or buy this same company that Jonathan wanted blah 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 like there's these these overlays of their interaction but you know I just can't tell like is it so brilliant that I am too dumb to understand it fully I don't know the thing so <laughs> this yes. is like it's so it's so brilliant that's Ellen, that's what <laughs> that I kept you thinking can't get it. it feels like it's going over your head well I like the the double the double suicides like I mean, that's it's a pretty sinister plot. It's yeah. just the endless shots of a white man's hand playing moving chess pieces that I just quickly. Yeah, had exactly. Of. When it's like, so the thing, it's just like lost on that whole plot. Like, device. is it the Westing game? Like, what's happening? You both, both people have to know that they're playing a game for the chess thing to work, and the hearts didn't know anything about whatever game they were in. Right. It's like. This is not the seventh seal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what would have been amazing? The huge rewrite, like basically a whole new movie where it's like a locked door mystery <laughs> with these authors. When is a rewrite not a rewrite? Yeah. <laughs> when it's just an entire <laughs> completely new episode. New new So movie. locked room. Yeah, locked door mystery. You have all these authors and then you have like all the like the villains behind the scenes. And the hearts are trying to get closer and closer to them and like using these authors as like little pawns to like test things out i don't know exactly what that would look like but it's like they're testing things out and then they get like taken out whatever and then at the end it comes like you're seeing the chess moves throughout the whole movie at the end it's jonathan or jennifer playing chess against the villain like revealing how they discovered it was him checkmate we got you you're the villain and then they like pull away from the mansion that's the end is like that would have been a way to like incorporate chess in a way that makes any sense at all to me and kind of a cool thing that it's like oh it's a chess game they were playing and then you reveal this is how we knew it was you checkmate and it was like that would have been a cool thing sort of but this way just doesn't make any sense the way they did it. or you just add two british detectives and then it's midsummer murders (laughs) yeah i would more detectives would be good more useless detectives that just like show up and go away. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do anything. How I love Midsummer Murders. I've never seen that. I haven't either. I've never watched it. And your you, our neighbor just brought this up with us again too. Mm-hmm. So I might have to I might have to dip in. Oh, I love it. 
Speaking of dipping in. <laughs> oh, God. It's a time for Oh, no. Oh, God. Ellen's first. And I Ellen know you're first? very happy about oh, that. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, oh man! <laughs> like I'm trying to be a better sport about it, but I realize that me being a, a good sport is not me being authentic. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's so late in the game too to like change your motives on <laughs> pick your poke, right? I mean, like the trying to be a good sport of me would say detective semantics, but the real me is just going to say nothing. Yeah. Nobody corn dog. Corn dog, corn dog, actually. The corn dog. I love corn dogs. <laughs> I do love corn dogs. I want to love corn dogs, and I never do. Is it the balance of crust to hot dog ratio? No, it's usually the sausage that's used. Oh. So I think I just need to make my own. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like the hush puppy esque, like outside, is something you could really get down with, 100%. and then you can easily make it vegan. Yeah, yeah, and also food food on a stick is fun. Like I like to yeah. eat things with a handle. It sure is. Just yeah, um, like chicken legs. Uh, like, uh, like my poke, <laughs> who is Eric Roth. Uh, and I'm. It's kind of gross because I didn't. I as soon as he showed up, I was like, "No, you're disgusting. You're hitting on Jennifer in a really crude mm. way." And I, yes, I really this don't is like confusing. your. I don't like your weird face. Um, but then <laughs> his, no, then his like, uh, I don't like weirdly sexy army crawl to save Jonathan from the slow boat oh, to, to, yeah. to drowning. His, his very, um, scant cut. Yeah. yeah that's up? the thing. Like he was wearing, like he might, unusual. I, in my mm. mind, he was nude in that scene. <laughs> like he was just <laughs> naked. So I'm, I'm letting my subconscious pick my poke. <laughs> this week. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, mine is the chess playing hypnotized uncle from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think. Uncle Phil? Uncle, uncle Phil. Phil. See, yeah. I can't I can't fuck Uncle Phil. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Yeah, that that feels like a problem to me. Um you just have to hypnotize him. Apparently that's yeah. not hard. Well, just yeah. don't look into his eyes. Okay, so I want to talk about Max for a minute because okay. I Love Max in this episode. I love Max and Freeway Jr. in this episode. I love that Max calls Freeway Jr. Squirt. Squirt, yeah. Um, he he goes to a little place in somewhere in L.A. to get him a hamburger from a taco stand. Yeah. Which right, I where love. they sell 49-cent tacos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which probably means those hamburgers are delicious uh, and, and will kill you. Yeah. Freeway Jr. is are adorable. You, I'm, digging really trained, eat, <laughs> I'm digging the trained. I'm digging the trained dog cuteness for la um, mobile la mobile yes hands <laughs> on the receiver but yeah what's up with the, the park scene where freeway is bringing max like he brings him a shoe and then he brings him a scarf and then he brings him a bikini top from off of a woman from a living woman who <laughs> didn't notice until five minutes after it was gone yeah she was wearing that when freeway jr took it off of her or she wasn't it's possible that she wasn't this is another scene I was very confused about. It's too much waka waka for me. Although I love that it gave uh, Corey J. Brewer an opportunity to call out the copper tone ad. Yeah, yes. But I mean, it's just such a classic thing, right? Mm. It's just, yeah, it's just dog related waka waka. 
Yeah. It's also funny because they start that scene by showing a shot of Echo Park and then they and then it's Max sitting on a sprawling green field. It's that was like, great. That's not it was great because they Park. showed Echo Park Lake yeah. with the fountain, and uh-huh. then they showed mm-hmm. a totally different park yeah. with a similar, much smaller fountain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally. With a woman just no, there's just no La Echo in the budget. <laughs> yeah, no. And Max sitting on a bench with just a single woman sunbathing. Yeah, in the middle of a grassy field. I'm just imagining her laying face down with her top off, like yeah, untied. Next to her, and yeah, and that makes sense to me. <laughs> and if Freeway but was the able fact to, like... that she she doesn't notice it's missing until a dog gets uh 200 feet away and really bothers freeway did that magician thing where you take a tablecloth and slide it out from (laughs) but then it doesn't disturb anything he did that with that woman with her bikini top maybe it's just because freeway jr got to eat a lot or have put a lot of food things in its mouth or a lot of things in his mouth uh Uh, i just loved freeway jr this episode cheeseburgers it was so cute corn dogs and so cute when he takes that corn dog it's adorable yeah it's adorable <laughs> also that shot of that lady just holding her breasts is so shocking to me that that was allowed past the sensors on the tv i at know that it's, time. it's like there was a lot of breast meat yeah yeah it was pretty <laughs> uh yeah scandalous shot for the time i feel like but maybe not i don't know i'll bet you there's like a an amount of seconds that you're allowed to show like a boob. topless woman yeah side boob it's not well it's That's not the 1890s you guys yeah. the gay it's not 90s. the 1890s it's, it's the straight the 1990s. <laughs> no i said it's not the 1890s yeah. it's the 1990s right yeah those were the gay 90s though 1890s <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all the 90s are technically the gay 90s <laughs> you're, right. Yeah. you're right you're right because we're here <laughs> we're queer yeah we and don't want any 90s. more bears yeah. <laughs> uh i loved max in this episode though i i love that he was the guy that was just solving everything like he they they need something done they call max I wrote the we haven't of, seen that in a while the return of duke as well i love that character I obviously love Paul Williams. I'm very happy mm-hmm. that, that Duke had returned. Mm-hmm. I wonder what it takes to rig a, a f- actual boat up to an RC controller, which like, I know we've sort of talked about this scene. I don't know if we've described exactly what it is to the listeners after Jonathan is, we have conspicuously avoided. Yeah. About this scene. <laughs> after Jonathan gets bonk bagged, he is then <laughs> bonk instead bag. of just drowned, Only at radio shack, just thrown in the water with his hands tied. <laughs> He is, he's tied, his wrists are tied on, and he's in the middle of, the, of a beach with the bag still on his head, and his, his legs are tied to a long rope that is tied to a boat, which is then controlled by disembodied hands to go about two miles an hour into the, straight into the ocean and drag Jonathan across the beach. Which is terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, which, admit, yeah, it seems right. like the, it's a problem with, the uh, weight and uh, engine ratio combination of the boat, but it's actually, yeah, the worst, scariest thing ever. Yeah, and it's because he's been unconscious. Yes, he comes, he comes uh-huh. to, uh-huh. and it's like, and he oh, is, he has a bag over his head, can't see. Yeah, yeah, he has it's, no he, idea. Hands where are he tied is. in front of him, so he can't feel where he is. Yeah, Jesus, death and by the water. The idea ski. of like feeling yourself being dragged. And then feeling the water. Oh, uh, yeah. That's scary. That's 
horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the worst possible things that could ever happen to you. Right. Yet somehow this movie makes it laughable. Like I <laughs> I really had a good <laughs> good gut laugh. Right. So, okay, explain at this point in the movie, the murderer is he actually just trying to kill Jonathan? Yes. Okay. Or is he like rigging this test for Jonathan to get out of it? I think he is fucking with Jonathan. Right. I think he's, he's torturing him. He's sort of meant to get out of this one. It's not, this isn't the thing he did to try to actually kill him. That one felt like real to me, though. Because like, mm. if, if, if uh, Eric Roth hadn't been there <laughs> to sexily army, army crawl <laughs> uh. in his tank top <laughs> over to Jonathan, what, I guess maybe that was meant to be. It's, it's the way because it was they call presented. it out. Yeah. Jonathan calls it out and says all of the things where it's like, if you didn't hear about the boat, you know, like he lists the coincidences. That's right. That's right. Although having a boat without an actual dri- visible driver right. also would seem to then say like, oh, yeah, he is going to drown him. But that oh, doesn't I've... seem very fun. Right. You would want you would want to kill him yourself or at least watch in a way that's more satisfying i would think the one thing that i really love about that whole thing is when jennifer comes upon eric and jonathan like Mm -hmm. dazed after having this experience and there's two robert wagner moments where i'm like yes that's hyper real that's exactly how that would be is when he's drugged with the lemonade and he's standing in the bathroom, like oh. looking in the mirror and, and like going to like button up his shirt or yes. unbutton his shirt. But he, it's like the most real I'm drugged yes. uh, moment ever. It's uh-huh. so good. Both of them played that very well. I <laughs> yeah. Say. yeah. Amazing. And then when they're sitting there and he's just like, I just need to sit here. For a second or whatever, and it's just like, yeah, um, no, there's some realism that we don't see normally in, in hard art where it's like, yeah, nope, like they would just pop up and go off wherever. But it's like, no, I just had a super terrifying <laughs> yeah. uh, experience. Also, I was bonk bagged, <laughs> and I got to sit on this walls yeah. with Eric, who saved my life. Yeah, a little bit longer, and Eric's with like, "Yeah, Swiss dude. Army knife." Yeah, yeah, he did yeah, a great Cutting job. That little, that little crispy nylon rope. And that's the last time we see Eric, right? Yeah, that's yeah. then he's just gone mysteriously. Yeah. They're yeah. all just gone. Then all of the interesting characters are gone. Yeah, and it's just the hearts in an empty mat- mansion, which they also didn't really. The music during that scene, they were. That's a very terrifying section of the movie, or it could have been really weird and scary but the music they were playing was that like it was i don't remember exactly what it was but it was like kind of silly slapsticky like jungle cd rom yeah, style so music I, I, Wish, <laughs> wishbone. I did it was wishbone, wishbone it was fully wishbone i did notice this because when the episode started and they're flying into hawaii with the in the helicopter the the original heart to heart theme plays frequently mm-hmm. yeah and i thought Yay! I, I'm so. It makes me feel so good to just hear that theme. Like it's really mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there were three different motifs <laughs> through this this movie, and they yeah. just kept using them over and over. Mm-hmm. And they didn't fit the scenes necessarily, but yeah. they were like, "This is the closest one that we can yeah. get to this." Yeah. 
and the hearts just calmly walk to their car and drive away. There's no fear no <laughs> on them at all. They're they're just like, oh, we just like woke up and now we're leaving and that's yeah. it. That was like for me, the Langoliers, the movie is <laughs> like it has a place in my heart where I that's what I think of like waking up in a in and nobody else is around. That's what I think of. And that's so creepy. And you could have they could have played that for so much horror but they just didn't for some reason Mm -hmm. even though it was meant to be scary for them the hearts just weren't scared at all i found that kind of creepy well i found that scary yeah it's a creepy idea it's just like the the director didn't play it for uh, any sort of horror it was like that weird music i don't know yeah it could have been so much creepier i think they just didn't have like an appropriately scary cue to play yeah is that also when they find frank dead yeah so that that didn't read as scary at all either but Jennifer really like acted the shit out of that. Like there was, there was really no reason for Stephanie Powers to go all out and like cry in uh, that oh, yeah. scene. No, <laughs> that guy kind of sucked and was weird. Yeah, like she wouldn't have been. I mean, upset is. about it. Sorry, the, Detective Semantics. He yeah. is weird. Uh, but it, I did get the feeling of like, oh, she's so terrified now that yeah. she's crying. Yeah, it was pretty. Pretty great. Yeah, like totally. a, a pretty good moment. Also, did you also think like when they woke up and started walking through the house that that wasn't the house that they'd been in the entire time? Oh, uh, yeah. And I also thought it wasn't Jonathan. I thought it was a guy with a mask on because he just <laughs> that got. That would have been so good. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because <laughs> that would have made the mask make sense at all. There was, She goes downstairs and finds Frank dead. And then she starts, she wells up with tears, even yes. though she thought Frank was a murderer. Yes. Which I was, so this was my <laughs> order of thought was Jennifer is, is, Stephanie Powers is really acting the shit out of this. Like she's really going there. And then it was, why are you going there? You really didn't like this guy. You thought this guy was a murderer. And then it was, because she's you scared. are terrified. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It was because all so Because now perfect. you realize you've been wrong the whole time. And the real killer has been there all along. Did you also think when they walked out of their room and walked downstairs that they were in a completely different house than they had been in the entire time? No. Really? I'd, like the whole place looked completely different to me. Oh, like, maybe that was I wasn't not- paying attention. That was, was not the place they were. So that was giving me the creeps. Where it was like, oh my God, they've been moved. <laughs> uh, which would be very kind of in line with yeah. the over-the-top Alfred Rain thing. Totally. No, um, I, I did land at the same place where she's scared because she realizes it's not Frank. It's, it's all these feelings. It's, it's not Frank. She's been wrong this whole time. Oh. She's hurt and misjudged and actual old friend of jonathan's who has now been murdered because of something related to jonathan uh so she knows jonathan's gonna feel terrible in addition to losing his friend that he just ran into again right but also the real murderer is there but where yeah somewhere and like watching them the whole time and allowing that to happen and Mm -hmm. benefiting from her mistaken belief mm-hmm. that frank culver is the murderer it's right. pretty terrible it is terrible it's just not played for any fear at all with like the tone of the what happens next where they just calmly walk away from the mansion you know and drive away it's just like and then they go to radio shack right and it's just like 
there's no fear at all in any of that. There's no like weird shots of them being watched from any angles or anything like that that mm. I think it could have done. Here's a rewrite I just thought of though, <laughs> if I may. The the Jonathan gets bonked, bagged and bonked. The next shot, whatever, the next scene Bonk is him. It's tied. TM. He's tied to the boat, but by his throat. So the the he's dragged across the beach by his throat. He head first. Head first. He the guy cuts him loose. He gets up. Jennifer's there, and he's he's like, I can't, like I can't talk. My throat's been like whatever. His his throat's all bruised. They go back to the mansion. It's like the next day or whatever, and then we later on reveal that it's not Jonathan it's masked guy villain so that he (laughs) like slept with Jennifer or something terrifying like that I don't know what would happen next but it's like they then switched out Jonathan for this evil guy brought the mask back made that make any sense at all for being in the fucking movie at all and then had this horrifying thing where it wasn't Jonathan. Jennifer thought it was him. I so so when you when you said that before you went to the bathroom, mm-hmm. I like I got like kind of chills mm-hmm. uh, because all I thought of was they are drugged. They pass out on the bed. Frank runs out of the room. Jennifer wakes up the next morning mm-hmm. and says, uh, "I wish I wish I got the number of that bus." Which I was. I really love that. I love yeah. love love that. But then she goes downstairs, mm-hmm. she finds a dead body, she yells for Jonathan, Jonathan shows up, and then removes the mask. Right. Like, mm-hmm. terrifying. It would be it, so great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because then it's a chase, then it's a slasher movie, and, and then I'm way happier. Yes, and it's uh, like Jennifer spent the night with this yeah. stranger thinking it was Jonathan. Or, or just, just the, like that the, that the whole plan was to knock them both out to remove Jonathan from the equation. Yeah is super scary maybe that was i feel like that was your plan originally for having that mask in the episode it just doesn't make any sense it it's so that was just fucking goofy. weird that was just them being goofy it's so weird i feel like they when, must have had an idea for that it was just a scooby-doo well, the, <laughs> i mean i think i think that that's a scary rewrite mm-hmm. that's good ellen but likes the rewrite made wouldn't we have made it have made more sense um, if the mask was used in the masquerade scene, right? So then, yeah. when when they find the body and they roll him over, and it's Jonathan, mm-hmm. and Jennifer says, screams like Jonathan, and then the real Jonathan appears, like that part's the same, but it's yeah. also a dead Jonathan. Right. That should that have would been be good. The, the masquerade, much like in their last movie, where there should have the play should have been happening during the climax <laughs> of the movie. Masquerade ball should have been the climax of this movie. And then they it's Jonathan in the mask. Jennifer doesn't know. Maybe she doesn't know which is which or something like they do that sort of thing. Or and then Jonathan pops out and is like checkmate and like that's the Well, it's climax. something that makes the mask make some kind of sense because in both of those scenes the character of Harold Simpson is dressed as Jonathan exactly. and standing and standing in for Jonathan. Yeah. So for me that scene would it it would make more sense to ha- the mask will make more sense. Yes. I don't want to say it makes the scene make sense, but the mask would make more sense if it was in that scene. But it is a mask on a mask. <laughs> well, and to and to make to make this super 
obnoxious like that mask to have a fucking super realistic mask yeah. of jonathan hart like that it would be molded to one man's face exactly like yeah. it, it's not an interchangeable mask that no. anyone can just put on mm-hmm. and make it work mm-hmm. so that would make sense but i do like the combination of both of your ideas where yeah. <laughs> that's where that happens like he's split the diff he, he is shot at the party we find out that he's wearing a, a scooby-doo mask of jonathan yeah and then then we all just are expected to forget about that until yeah. they wake up from being drugged. Jennifer finds a dead body and then a masked man comes down in a Jonathan mask. And it works because we know that these masks exist, that, that mm-hmm. this dude mm-hmm. had taken the time to make these masks. Yeah. <laughs> because he's so rich, he has Oh my God. Island. And then, they, then she could have run through a jungle of Jonathan's chasing her. <laughs> oh, that would have been so funny. Yeah, that would have been great. It would have been terrifying. Yeah. That and would have been so all, scary. They're all, specifically uh, with these characters. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Jennifer running for her life through a forest and constantly seeing the one person that can save her and it not being him. That's really creepy. Yeah. I yeah. Like that. But I also feel like that is this is the moment when we have to acknowledge that the way that they ambush Alfred Reigns at the end is awesome. I loved it. Yeah. So great. Very cool. Very smart. Until Jonathan says game set and match. Oh, which come is on. a tennis reference. Which is a tennis reference. reference, not chess. It doesn't, it's like, okay. like. But it's Jonathan Hart and it's the end of an episode. No. That's like, he has said worse things. Why wouldn't he say checkmate? What's the, is there? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. They just didn't. didn't want, they weren't trying. Did at anyone all. say checkmate yet? In the... Checkmate is around Frank's, Frank's neck. It's printed out and around his neck with so, the chess piece yeah, when it, Jennifer finds him. For the dead. sake of not repeating things, right? How many times you can't do checkmate? Twice? That just like sucked some of my life force <laughs> out when he made a tennis tennis reference after the whole thing was all about chess it's just like one of those moments where it just deflates me the only thing that <laughs> you know, like i know very little about uh chess it's all from it's all from like netflix shows queen's gambit uh so the only thing i can imagine him doing <laughs> that would be accurate queen's gambit Did was, you say queen's was for him gambit? to like for jennifer <laughs> to shoot shoot him shoot rain and then Jonathan walk over and shake his hand. <laughs> oh yeah, like grab his dead hand off the ground. And <laughs> he wasn't shake dead. It. He sh- they shot him in the leg. Oh, that's weird that they chose to shoot him in the leg from a trap. <laughs> that's yeah. Uh, something else needed to be said there. <laughs> I just don't understand. Oh yeah, no, it's I that didn't bother. Like that was the least of my worries with this with this movie. <laughs> All right, ratings. Ratings. Oh, I'm first. Three. Mm. Three. Three point five, actually. Oh. Three point five. Wow. That makes sense. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no explanation necessary unless you want to. <laughs> yeah. Ellen usually doesn't. Why did you go up of half point? Because I, I do I do appreciate all of the red herrings. It's the pacing and I'm being mindful of the fact that these are not theatrical release films, Mm. that these are TV movies that have a different pacing when you watch them cut with commercials. And Mm. I think 
that that's something that I'm sort of projecting on onto some of these as I watch them pacing wise. Uh, you know, yeah, I got to give it up for the the Agatha Christie esque intent. Mm-hmm. The intent but was there. The Waka Waka does feel oppressive to me. But the Rupert Holmes shout out, I, I super love, <laughs> and corn dogs. So you know, it's it's a little, <laughs> no, three point five. That feels good to me. So when I started watching the episode, I immediately was like, I love this. This mm. is going to be a five. Mm-hmm. Like they're mm. doing everything that I want a heart to heart thing to do. And then I I kept I swear to God I was like, how are you going to ruin this? Like this is great. And then they. to just chip away at it all the ways they really did yeah totally all that said i still super enjoyed watching it i really really enjoyed watching it i've been enjoying these movies a lot uh Mm -hmm. but i'm also going 3.5 and it's specific to uh the Laurel and Hardy thing was a full point down for me Mm -hmm. so i was like i'm gonna give this a Four. Yeah. Um, but then it was the it was the who. It was the detective yep. who that yeah. that knocked it down. And the only reason it didn't knock it down a full point is because he made it work. He made a bad joke work. Mm. Somewhat. <laughs> yeah. I don't think any <laughs> listeners will be surprised when I vote it a 2.5. Oh. I the basically I feel like the way I've been talking about this movie it's i don't think that's i don't think it's surprising that just the frustration of the moments that were probably that just would have been so easy to fix like you could have just edited some things out and it would have made so much more sense to the plot i think those moments make me so mad that they didn't that masquerade ball thing just is like (laughs) on so many (laughs) levels just kills me i don't understand that it's like i just don't get it i just don't understand why you would keep that in your movie it doesn't make any sense at all so they like completely lost the plot there and then they had like you said very very good setup to a very mediocre ending and the other thing the other reason it's not higher is that i had a really hard time paying attention the way that they things were stretched out some scenes where it's like hearts in hawaii you can have some fun with that but they just it just was not fun and very weird and fever dreamy and bizarre in not a good way like that fever dream thing can be so can be really good and, and played really well and that could have been part of the plot even but it just wasn't like when even when they were on the boat and jonathan wasn't minding any of the things jennifer was saying about that she overheard someone talking about this specific setup that was happening to them at the moment and he just didn't give a fuck about what she was saying. Mm. It made him seem not like himself. So that's the first moment I was like, this is not Jonathan. It's like a guy in a Jonathan mask. And so, and very fever dreamy of her trying to explain something that she heard that he's just not listening to at all. So uh, yeah, it's just middle of the road because of those problems but it was still like there are fun moments for sure and max and freeway jr and the corn dog but yeah <laughs> it's just yeah. <laughs> well 
uh, old friends never die, which is a lie, gets 9.5. <laughs> a heart murmur. Heart murmur. Which first feels movie. like the first wow. heart murmur in a while. Yeah, I think it is. Um, yeah. Let me let me run through the Sissler community players. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill gave this a 2.5. We have a little aside. This is 1.5 of those are Stephanie's legs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jenny gave this a 1. Ooh. Rachel gave this a 2. Oh, ouch. Wow. Jackie gave this a two. Oh. So they were a wow. little, they were way harsher on this. Uh, Corey J. Brewer. Oh, yeah. Blessed us with his rating. Uh, Exciting. He gave it four hearts. Four? Does but, he know it's out of five? Does he think it's out of ten? No, he knows it's, <laughs> a, he knows it's out of five. He's, wow. <laughs> he did say this is his third favorite of the movies. Huh. Uh, that two and three are just a tad better. Two and so I kind of we have to hold mm-hmm. this because he is going to be a guest on our mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. our our entirety heart to heart recap mm-hmm. yes. episode. We'll be talking to him. About um, this. So we we need to remember to bring this up, yeah. or we can actually just have like a movie segment with him because he's watching these as we are watching them. And Corey, when you're listening to this, just remind us to bring this up when you're on the podcast. Yeah, he will. <laughs> he will. Uh, that's it. Huh. That's that's interesting. Yeah, the Sisslers were really hard on this one. I, I, I kind of wonder their reasoning. Even their their minute max, they were they were just like, "Ugh, this sucks." Yeah, and I didn't feel like that. I'm watching these for the first time ever. Yeah, totally. And I am just thrilled to watch them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. so thrilled to see Jonathan and Jennifer and Max and Freeway mm-hmm. Junior and mm-hmm. and see these ridiculous things play out. That I think I may be rating them higher than I would be mid season three. You know right, what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> if these were episode plots in the middle of yeah, the season. like if they were an hour long, if this was an hour long thing, or I don't know, there's right. Just if they about if they it. dropped the movies like Christmas specials or something, yeah, you might feel differently. Yeah, it's I, I get what you're saying. Like, it's just it feels like a like a get to have more, which I think is one of the main you know main reasons why it's like the hearts. That's it's just these characters that everybody loves. That's that's why they made the movies. Yeah. You know? Just to keep it, keep it going. I also think that if I watch these again, I would have completely different yeah. ratings for them. I'm interested. What are you saying? What are you <laughs> trying not, to say? I'm Eric? not saying anything <laughs> aside from <laughs> that. I know when I see something like I. Okay, so sorry. I'm gonna. I sorry, Ellen earmuffs. Uh, when the new episodes of Gilmore Girls showed up. Uh-huh. I was so thrilled. <laughs> I was so thrilled to see them again yeah. that I just loved them. Yeah, exactly. And and when I and I've for now watched those so for fuck's sake multiple times. <laughs> yeah. And I have a very different opinion of them now. Oh, really? Well, I do. I just oh, I I feel differently about them. The one than part I did. we didn't like was the steampunk uh, oh, Rory yeah. dance. Yeah, sequence. that's that's some garbage. Yeah. That never landed though. No, that, that was, was always good. garbage it was never good but yeah i still love those uh but it's like oh, yeah I, it's like more yeah. of your favorite characters and their and the tone of the show was there just like these movies with heart to heart the tone is there they captured that which was i was really worried when we started watching these that it was going to feel like something completely different which yeah. it doesn't at all it feels like pretty spot on to the the spirit of the show which is great another example is x file season 10 um the when X Files returned, the oh. well, don't 
Don't oh. ugh. Hi, Ellen. <laughs> Hi, are you, Where have you been? talking about that thing? Yeah. Uh, oh when X Files returned and it was a six episode run, just like a tester, mm-hmm. there were, I think, three or four of those episodes, those six, that I was like, this is so great. Mm-hmm. I am so happy to see them. I love them so much. Thank you for bringing this back to me. And in re in seeing those again, I I remember being like, oh yeah, well, there's still there's still some joy. There's still a lot of joy, uh-huh. but not uh not as much of an appreciation. I don't know how to how to word well, it. Look, I'll just say it. Sometimes it's like in Pet Cemetery, where it's like, <laughs> oh no, that cat church church is not okay. <laughs> and Gage is definitely not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right. So sometimes, <laughs> no matter how much we want more, no matter how much we wish we had more time, no matter how much we think we'd be willing to do anything just to be with our loved one again, mm-hmm. sometimes Dead it's is church is not right. <laughs> Is that sometimes the tagline? Sometimes it's not church. Pet cemetery is sometimes dead is better. Yeah, it is. <laughs> sometimes is. dead is better, and it's so true. <laughs> it's sometimes so true for X Files. <laughs> uh, Fred Gwynn says that. It's so great. But you know what I what I also think is that sometimes uh, sometimes vacuous content can come back and be just middling, and it's okay. Much like this yeah. movie, none of very this is middling. None of this is hurting anybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, it's just nice to see old friends again. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't like, it never ruins the original. For me. 100%. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> you're no fun. Uh, Ellen, when you're done meowing, out. when you're, when you're back from church, <laughs> when you remove your bonk bag, can you bag. I, I I'm just, want, just I'm just curious. I really need the Sisler CL bonk bag. Bonk bag. Oh well you just you sealed your fate. It's like I, a whoopee uh, cushion. It's hey, like a practical joke. Yay, finally. The bonk bag. The bonk bag. You put it over someone's bonk head bag. and start bonking them over and over. Ellen. <gasps> what are we doing next? I'm so glad you asked. Yay. Next week we are going to be watching and discussing. Secrets of the Heart. Set in San Francisco, Jonathan and Jennifer Hart are faced with the prospect of being reunited with Jonathan's long-lost sister and their nephew, Hmm. Jason Bateman. Is it possible that Jonathan will finally discover a key to his past, or will the, quote, family, unquote, turn out to be after something? Ooh. Interesting. Jason Bateman, that's throwing me off. I wonder if I'll hate oh him God, as much. Oh, God, I love him so much. Child, oh, really? my God, I love him so much. Even now? Him. No, I, now is when I love him. Oh. Shit, yes. Interesting. Yes. Hmm. I mean, I've loved him since Arrested Development. I, have... I, wasn't, I wasn't a Teen Wolf 2 person or, <laughs> or, or, or a Hogan family or anything like that. Like, like. When Jason Babe and I were collectively children, I it wasn't a thing for me. But adult, uh, co- comedic Jason Bateman in particular, I love, mm. and I love dark, dark, dark Jason Bateman. 
We've had this discussion on this podcast before. Yes, I've talked too much about Jason Bateman uh, in a yeah. way that seems uncharacteristic for me and yucky of me. I <laughs> own that. Well, it's we, yucky we of me. We just know who Sorry. her poke is on Ozark. Yeah. So, <laughs> Laura Linney. That's right. Whoever that guy is that plays for Laura Linney's brother. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Mm. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. <laughs> Beside the point. Uh, we're so glad you guys are still with us. I'm so thank you, sisters. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. Corey J. Brewer. Uh, I'm so like that. Ugh, that makes me so happy. Yes. I hope I hope that we're gonna have multiple uh minute maxes. I'm gonna say yeah. this now. If we ever have three minute maxes from outside people, we can find we don't stop. have to do we'll, it. We'll finally get our <laughs> Yeah, the curse will break. Um we are halfway through the movies. Know, we I are halfway through it. the movies. Friends Never Die is four out of eight. I just ugh. feel like we usually acknowledge stuff like that. Yeah. So Four more let movies. Me be, let me be the crepe hanging, depressing person I always am <laughs> and say we are halfway through. You're not a professional crepe hanger. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm an amateur crepe hanger. <laughs> You're a top ranking amateur. I'm not, but I'm going to go pro am. <laughs> uh, if am. you are not watching the movies with us, but you want to, uh, I'm pretty sure you can still just Google the movie titles and they'll come up, but Scarecrow Video has them. It's That's worth it. That's where Corey J. Brewer is watching them. Yeah, it's definitely worth it to get the DVDs if you can because the online versions are terrible looking. Yeah, and also the, the DVDs have two movies per disc, so if you rent them, you get to do two weeks of work in one night if you're crazy. <laughs> Without uh, having to stand up or and you can the just go to go to eBay and buy these for like ten dollars yeah, i think it's yeah. it's pretty cheap to buy all eight movies mm-hmm. uh and i think you should they're fun i'm super enjoying these movies they're um yeah i mean the n- newly mediocre one not so much but overall i'm enjoying them I, i'm still i'm enjoying it regardless <laughs> yeah it's still fun to watch so if you if you want to talk to us about that <laughs> or if you if you have anything to say to us uh you can contact say us fast. <laughs> say fast say fast because we're about to minute. vaporize uh you can sometimes that is us. better <laughs> <laughs> contact us at it was murderpod at gmail.com that's the easiest and most uh most frequently checked thing <laughs> uh or you can contact us on instagram at it was murderpod mm-hmm. or twitter at it was murderpod mm-hmm. really it's the email or instagram otherwise you're just gonna be talking to me and it's really Doubtful that I'll respond. Or catch us the um, second time through on these episodes that we're just, <laughs> well, where you start when we I reboot know the whole podcast. You're talking about <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah, I know. Um, I, hope not. I both hope not and hope so. I just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about it. I'm very confused. Right. Contact us. It's gonna be. It's Eric technically that that you're contacting. Yeah, I'm the we only can just finally say to. that. Like the the man behind the curtain <laughs> is Eric, mm. and. Uh, Eric is so nice that it is fortunate that Eric is the person that you contact. So that is great. It's he true. Is, he is the hardest working man in our uh, little yes. village. Uh, that's a lie. But He's here for you. But He's I'll here take for it. you. And that is delightful. Uh, <laughs> where you are listening to this podcast, please rate us and review us. Uh, it's, it's it's your last chance to lay some sick burns on us. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. if you give us five stars, you can lay the sickest burns you want. 
But we have got. <laughs> we have gotten, I don't think that's how it works. It it is like you can write whatever the fuck. Like you can write this show sucks, and it would still be. You can still give it five stars, mm-hmm. uh, and be my fucking I guest. But I would like to read this review that we got. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. What? I I consider this above and beyond. It's a new segment. <laughs> I don't think that I don't think that everyone has to do this. I would love it if everyone did or if everyone attempted. This do is They say they don't like me. This is uh from That's my big fear. This Not is really. from That's average so ascot enjoyer. <laughs> Which doesn't help me know who it is. In any way, which is sort of crazy. Uh, average Ascot Enjoyer says, we love it. Five stars. Mm. Uh, before yeah. I listened to this podcast, I was but a foolish band nerd. After listening to this podcast, I am still a foolish band nerd. But now I love this rich, God-fearing couple <laughs> who <laughs> live in my television. <laughs> Jonathan and Witty. Jennifer literally paid me. <laughs> <laughs> paid me a visit and sent me to Mookie Scottish bagpipe and drum corps. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that was an active service, not an abducting attempt. Uh, I oh, hope yeah. Joe, Ellen, and Eric, aka Thing One, Thing Two, and Thing Three, <laughs> realize that their show is big with teens, gays, and Girl Scouts. <laughs> Maybe even all three. Thank y'all for us. yes. Thank y'all for indoctrinating. I mean, politely inviting us to the <laughs> Church of Heart. We hate the people that keep shoving freeway into the cupboards. Yeah, we yes. det- we detest Syndicam video. <laughs> yes, Syndicam. Preach, preach. That we do believe that even Robin are queer icons and arguably the hottest villains in television history. I can say with confidence. That my bobble was irre- irrevocably snatched by this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Keep up the good work, loves. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you, whoever you are. Secret that is admirer. fucking Who awesome. Is that? That's so sweet. Average Ascot so uh, enjoyer. That's amazing. Fucking love it. Oh my God. So if you want to give that one a run for its money, please do. <laughs> I'm only checking it on Apple Podcasts, so please do it there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, where else would you review us IMDb? Yeah, <laughs> leave us reviews on IMDb of episodes of our tour. <laughs> because Eric is DB. I am DB. I am the blood. The blood. <laughs> the blood. Uh, anyway, Freeway Junior, you have eaten a corn dog and a fucking taco sand cheeseburger. You have had diarrhea. Oh, I poor dog. really hope that you are living oh, this next episode. Good night, Freeway Junior. Good night, Freeway Junior. Good night, Freeway Junior. Good night, Freeway Junior.